Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday. We are following breaking news right now. WNBA star Brittany Griner released from a Russian prison. Yeah, such good news. She's on her way home after 10 long months. It's December 8th. This is today. Breaking news, coming home, WNBA star Brittany Griner released from a Russian prison after nearly 10 months behind bars. The prisoner swap behind the deal, we've got everything you need to know. Flu fears, soaring cases, and empty shelves, pharmacists running low and actually running out of important medications, especially for children. Kids, right now there is nothing available. Hundreds of drugs now in short supply as the case numbers grow with each passing day. We're live with how long that could last. Power struggle, new reports of attacks targeting the nation's electric grid. The FBI on the case as the lights finally come back on in North Carolina days after shootings at two stations. The latest on the investigation and the hunt for suspects. Nuclear warning. Russian President Putin stokes fears over a potential nuclear strike as Ukraine's President Zelensky is honored around the world after being named Times Person of the Year. We're live with the very latest from the front lines in Ukraine. New clue? Idaho police now searching for a car spotted near the crime scene where four college students were murdered as a somber scene plays out at their home. The new plea from police nearly a month after the killings. Those stories plus Netflix and Spill. Harry and Meghan dropped their highly anticipated docuseries overnight, unloading on the press, the palace and the royal family. The reaction from across the pond when we go live to Buckingham Palace. And Ina's Holiday Table. Hostess extraordinaire Ina Garten is here to help us throw an unforgettable party from the food to the decorations to parting gifts. RSVP? Yes, as she helps you get ready for the season. Today, Thursday, December 8th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Welcome to today. So happy you're joining us on this Thursday morning. And we want to get right to that mm-hmm. breaking news. Welcome news. Brittany Griner released from a Russian prison after a prisoner swap. Wow. Uh, NBC's chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrea Mitchell, has the breaking details. Hi, Andrea. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Oh, good news. Brittany Griner now on her way to a military hospital in San Antonio after a prisoner swap on the tarmac in the United Arab Emirates today. At the hospital, Griner will be reunited with her wife, Sherelle, who is flying there from the White House after meeting with the president in the Oval Office this morning. The military doctors will evaluate the WNBA superstar after her long ordeal. After spending 294 days in Russian captivity, Brittany Griner is free. President Biden, who signed off on the deal, announcing the news alongside her wife, Sherelle Griner. She's safe. She's on a plane. She's on her way home. 
after months of being unjustly detained in Russia, held under intolerable circumstances. Shirelle also expressing her gratitude. Today is just a happy day for me and my family, so um, I'm going to smile right now. <laughs> Brittany Griner's return, part of a trade for Russian arms dealer Victor Boot, known as the Merchant of Death. It comes one month after Griner was transferred to a penal colony, notorious for harsh conditions and inmates being subjected to manual labor. The 32-year-old WNBA superstar was arrested at a Moscow airport in February. She admitted to bringing less than a gram of medicinal cannabis into the country, but she said she never intended to break any law. Her plight sparked an outpouring from her family, teammates, and fans. Sentenced to nine years in prison, Griner appealed, pleading for leniency from behind bars. This has been a very traumatic um, experience waiting for this day. But she was denied. The other American held by Russia will not be coming home. Paul Whelan, a former Marine, detained four years ago, is serving a 16-year prison sentence after being accused of spying, which the U.S. denies. His brother saying he is glad Griner is on her way home, but also expressing disappointment in a statement saying, Our family is devastated. I can't even fathom how Paul will feel when he learns. President Biden vowing not to give up. And we'll keep negotiating in good faith for Paul's release. I guarantee that. I say that to the family. I guarantee you. As mentioned, Paul Whelan not included in that swap. Many people are wondering why should the Brittany Griner swap have gone forward without Paul Whelan? What more can you tell us about the decision and about the negotiation and about the situation that the administration actually was in? It was really, really tough. A senior administration official is telling me the Russians were simply adamant, Savannah, about not releasing Whelan unless the U.S. would trade a Russian spy. And the U.S. says it does not have any Russian spies in American jails to trade. They say they tried everything up until the last minute, but the Russians would not budge, telling them one or none. So if they held out for Paul Whelan, Brittany Griner would not be set free. And uh, as you know, the uh, Whelan family Paul Whelan's brother David is saying that they are really glad that Brittany is free, that the president made the right choice, but that they are personally devastated. Uh, just one quick note, our Moscow producer talked to uh, Paul Whelan's ma Russian attorney, who has a different story, saying that, oh, he thinks this can be worked out in the next couple of months, that there are a lot of Americans who could be traded. But I have to tell you, there's not that much optimism, despite what the president said, because they did try everything for months and months. And they say that Russia would, just would not budge. They want a spy for the businessman, and he's not, you know, they have no spies to give up, and they say he is not a spy. He was just a businessman in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Well, a, a definite bittersweet yeah. story. Happy for Brittany Griner, devastated for Paul Whelan. Andrea, thank you very much. Okay. We moved to other news now in the fight against the flu. The battle so intense because this year's flu season started six weeks early. Hospitalizations running at a decade high with 79% of hospital beds occupied. And now pharmacies are feeling the pinch too. NBC Sam Brock is covering it all for us this morning in Coral Gables, Florida. Sam, good morning. 
Yeah, Savannah, good morning. Look, parents are discovering this is really a predicament that many pharmacies right now, it's commonplace that they're low on supplies, everything from antibiotics to antivirals, even kids over-the-counter medications. I'm at University Pharmacy, as you mentioned, in Coral Gables, where they tell me the amoxicillin supply right now, Savannah, is enough for about four or five patients. They're running out and don't know how they're going to get more. I want to show you something over here. Tylenol and Advil for adults, you see, that's relatively well stocked. As we slide along here, though, empty spaces where the kids' drugs would be, Motrin Child Berry, that is empty. Only a couple Advils left, as right now parents are being forced to figure out what is actually in stock. The sharp onset of this year's flu season is creating a problem that's nothing to sneeze at. Medicines in short supply from California. It's very hard to even find medicine. Target doesn't have it. Go to CVS. Don't have it. Go to Walgreens. To South Florida, where this mother of two is trying to track down treatments unsuccessfully. There's hardly anything to choose from, so it's, it's very bare compared to what it used to be. The national surge in flu cases, creating a shrinking pool of treatments. Pharmacists like Natasha Patel are shuffling around a sudden shortfall. My technician was trying to order amoxicillin because we are almost out of it and there's nothing available to order. And it's not just the antibiotics. Show me the amoxicillin. How much do you have left? This is all I have left. There's Tamiflu that now costs Patel at University Pharmacy three times the price to restock and empty patches of store shelving where kid-sized drugs used to be. Kids, right now, there is nothing available. You're talking Tylenol, Motrin, Ibuprofen, Acetaminophen, Mucinex, Benadryl, nothing. Is all out. All out. There's whatever, whatever we've got on the shelf is what we've got. After several years of pandemic isolation, flu exposure has come roaring back. According to data from GoodRx, fills for Tamiflu, the most popular antiviral to treat it, are at their highest level in nine years. It's also one of more than 260 drugs in short supply, according to the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. The FDA also flagging a shortage of amoxicillin crucial for kids. Why such a crunch on amoxicillin? We want to give them something that works, but isn't going to cause a lot of side effects. Because of that, it's being used in abundance right now, and that means the shortages are out there. For a smoother path to treatment, doctors suggest having your pediatrician's office call the pharmacy before writing a prescription and asking your doctor about alternative, equally effective options. And we heard from one of the makers of Tamiflu who says that they do have antiviral medications that are readily available for pharmacies across the country to be purchasing right now. They say they do have sufficient supply for demand. But the reality, Savannah, for so many families right now is that's not what they're seeing when they come to buy the drug. Mm. Back to you. Just scary, Sam. Thank you very much. We've got new concerns to talk about over the security of our nation's power grid. The lights are back on finally in North Carolina after shootings at two substations over the weekend. And we're learning more this morning about several other incidents around the country. NBC's Blaine Alexander has been following the story for us. She's live for us in Moore County, North Carolina. Blaine, good morning. Well, Savannah, good morning to you. That's right. Certainly good news for the people here. The last of the people who were impacted, their outages were restored around six o'clock last night. So now the full focus goes to trying to determine who was responsible for what officials are calling a deliberate and malicious act. This morning, officials are offering a $75,000 reward. They're asking for any tips that can lead to an arrest. A law enforcement official tells us that there were multiple shell casings found at both of those damaged substations here in Moore County. 
guilty. But so far this morning, Savannah, there are no suspects and they're still working on a motive. But as you said, all of this comes as we're learning of another attack. This one was last night in Ridgeway, South Carolina. It was about 150 miles from here. This time, officials say that there was gunfire outside of a hydro station there. Now, according to a statement from Duke Energy, there were no outages, there were no injuries, and they're working with the FBI on this. But this one comes just three weeks after we saw a similar attack here at a different substation in North Carolina. That knocked out power to about 12,000 people. Late last month, there was a similar situation in Oregon and what officials there are calling a deliberate attack. All told, the Department of Energy says there were 70 such cases to varying degrees around the country. And experts say it's really laying bare how vulnerable these facilities are. Savannah. All right, Blaine, thank you very much. Craig joins us now with some developments to report in Ukraine. Yes, Savannah, good morning and good morning to you as well. Russian President Vladimir Putin has once again raised the prospect of a nuclear strike. And this comes as both sides dig in for what could be a long and brutal winter. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is once again on the ground for us in Ukraine. Richard, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Yes, Vladimir Putin is talking about his nuclear arsenal once again, although there are no indications that Russia has taken any steps to mobilize its nuclear weapons. So the big question is why? Why is Putin talking about his nuclear weapons? Is this an escalation or just an attempt to get the world's and the White House's attention? As Ukrainian troops battle in the bitterly cold trenches in the Far East, like in World War I, the advances are slow and the casualties are high. Every field, every village, every yard is fought over in a grinding war of attrition. And now President Vladimir Putin, appearing to dash hopes of a diplomatic solution, warns the war will be long and that the risk of a nuclear conflict is on the rise. But he quickly dialed back his language, insisting Russia would only use a nuclear weapon for self-defense never first. It was more of a reminder than an overt threat. The risk is increasing, he said, adding, we haven't gone mad. We understand what nuclear weapons are. We are not going to wave it like a razor blade around the world. But of course, we must proceed from the fact that we have it. At the White House, the message was, stay the course. The president has been very clear. Like we, it is important to stand with the with the Ukrainian people as they're fighting for uh, their lives, as they're fighting for their democracy and their freedom. President Putin also addressed the Russian public's concerns about his unpopular draft. Around 300,000 Russians, according to official numbers, were pressed into service to fight in Ukraine. Thousands of young men fled the country. Putin said there's absolutely no need for additional mobilization. Ukraine's President Zelensky, who yesterday was named Time's Person of the Year, said in order to get through this long winter as Russia continues to attack the infrastructure, this country will need more determination and unity than ever. Craig? Our chief foreign correspondent Richard Engelforce there in Ukraine. Richard, thank you. Now to a new plea from police in that murder investigation in Idaho. They are asking the public for help now to find a car they say was near the crime scene that morning when four college students were killed. NBC Steve Patterson is in Moscow, Idaho for us with the very latest. Steve, good morning. 
Savannah, good morning. And this morning, police say they want to speak to the occupants of a white Hyundai Elantra from 2011 to 2013. That's the, the model year. And they say that that car was near the area in the, the area of the home where the killings took place. Savannah. For the first time since the shocking killings of four college students, police say they're looking for a specific vehicle they believe may be critical to the case. Releasing these two stock images of an older model white Hyundai Elantra between 2011 and 2013 with an unknown license plate. Authorities think a car like it was near the house the morning the murders were committed and say the occupants may have critical information to share. In the nearly four weeks since the murders, law enforcement has revealed very few details, including what led them to initially describe the crimes as targeted. This video from DailyMail.com shows police returning to the crime scene to box up personal belongings requested by the victims' families. Meanwhile, students on the University of Idaho campus still living in fear. My roommate bought me a pepper spray that I keep on my keychain now, which is good to have, but sad to have to need that. Police are looking to piece together about a five-hour gap starting at 8 or 9 o'clock when two of the victims, Ethan Chapin and Zana Kernodal, were reportedly last seen leaving a frat party and weren't placed at Zana's place until about 1.45, despite being just down the road. Experts say another key piece involves DNA evidence. Investigators should soon start getting results back from crime labs. All the forensic and digital evidence is starting to be returned, you know, that was uh, sought via subpoena or court order. You're finally starting to get these puzzle pieces in and starting to be able to put together uh, a picture. And back to that vehicle, police say it was tips and leads that wanted them to speak to the occupants. They are asking anyone with any information to reach out immediately. Back to you. All right, Steve Patterson, thank you very much. About quarter after the hour, we want to get our first check of the weather. Yes. Dylan in for Al again. She's out and about on New York Harbor this morning. Hi, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good morning, guys. I'm on the MSC Seascape, which was just christened in New York City last night by our sponsor, MSC Cruises. We'll have much more on that in a bit, but I want to show you the weather, uh, especially out west, where we do have our next big storm system making its way on shore. It's going to bring rain along the coast and also some snow up into the mountains where we could see significant amounts of snowfall as that moves from the west to the east. And that is your latest forecast. Back to you guys. All right, All right Dylan. Thanks. Thank you. Just ahead this morning, Harry and Megan, the dog. It's here. The Netflix series has been in the making for years. It dropped overnight, and Keir Simmons has been binge-watching. He's live <laughs> at Buckingham Palace with all the reactions so far. Hi, Keir. That's right, Savannah. We've watched all three episodes, so you don't have to. We'll tell you what it says and what it doesn't say, and already there's controversy that's coming up. All right. We look forward to a Keir Plus. Gifts that stand out from your own personal action figures to monograms galore. We've got some amazing ideas that'll really go the extra mile. But first, this is Today on NBC. Personal action. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed thursday morning december 8th never gets old we get mm. to see our tree we love to admire it can i just give a shout out yes to do two it. fabulous people oh yes one is turning six years old today charlie feldman yes. my little boy and one is our executive producer tom mazzarelli turning, turning not six are you <laughs> Matt, six. Yeah, Maz, are you one <laughs> are you two well, we don't have time okay. stuff out. he is uh, he keeps this engine yeah. running on time and we just want to say happy happy birthday, birthday mazzy all right let's get to our 7 30 <laughs> headlines some good news for drivers this morning. Gas prices are now lower than they were one year ago. According to AAA, the national average today is $3.32 a gallon. That is two cents lower than it was on this day last year. Experts say the drop in prices is mostly due to a decline in worldwide energy demand. It's welcome news for Americans, of course, many traveling during the busy holiday season. Former Theranos executive Ramesh Sunny Balwani was sentenced yesterday to nearly 13 years in federal prison. Balwani was convicted on 12 counts of fraud and conspiracy connected to the company's bogus medical technology. It duped investors and patients. His former business partner, Elizabeth Holmes, was sentenced last month. She got 11 years in prison. Singer Celine Dion has revealed that she is suffering from a rare neurological disease called stiff person syndrome. That announcement coming in a tearful Instagram post earlier this morning. I've been dealing with problems with my health for a long time. And it's been really difficult for me to face these challenges and to talk about everything that I've been going through. SPS is a neurological disorder characterized by progressive muscle stiffness. There is no cure, but the symptoms can be treated. Celine says that she will have to postpone several live shows scheduled for next year. She says she has a great team of doctors working to help her get better. And of course, her, her thoughts are with her. Oh, it's so hard to see. You can just yes. see the anguish on her face. Yeah. We're sending her our love. Also this morning, if you were up early, you know this, part one of Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries has dropped. It's really been out for just a couple of hours, happened in the middle of the night. But the reaction, well, it's coming in fast, especially overseas. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us from Buckingham Palace with more. Keir, you watched it, so we don't have to. I love that. What's in it? That's right, Savannah. We were up early to watch all three episodes, uh, so you don't have to. In part, it's a royal love story. In part, a criticism of the way the royal system works. But you know, Savannah, Netflix played an awful lot of money for this, and already there is controversy. Right at the beginning, the docuseries says that the royal palaces didn't want to comment. Well, a a senior royal source tells NBC News this morning that neither Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, nor any member of the royal family are 
are aware of any such approach for comment. This morning, in three episodes, over three hours, the most intimate picture ever of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, and interwoven throughout, Harry and Meghan's story of the pressures, the challenges, and the criticism. The royal couple share new pictures and details. They say they first met on Instagram thanks to a mutual friend. This, their first grainy picture together. And for the first time, we hear their son Archie, whose privacy they have fiercely protected. And in episode two, we hear from Meghan's mum. The last five years has been challenging. I'm ready to have my voice heard, that's for sure. Prince Harry talks movingly about his mother too, Princess Diana. He talks of the pressure on royals to make marriage decisions with your head. He used his heart, he says. This, the moment he went down on one knee to propose. But pressure from the press is ever-present. For Harry, a story that begins with his mum and continues with Meghan. They describe the cameras and the headlines, some with racial references. And they say they weren't allowed to talk. They weren't allowed to tell our story because they didn't want. We've never been asked last story. That's true. <laughs> That's, That's true. the consistency. Until now. We watched all three episodes with broadcaster Afia Hogan and royal author Katie Nichols. But I think a lot of people will be saying, hang on a second, you wanted private lives. What I think has been slightly confused here is that they said they wanted to quote-unquote control the narrative. They never said they wanted to complete, complete privacy. In these first three episodes, there is relatively little comment about the royal family. But Harry does criticise the way the palaces deal with the press. And he addresses his family's attitude to race. Both he and Meghan have sacrificed for their new family, he says. Quote, sacrificed everything. So far this morning, no comment from the palaces, Savannah, as to whether the members of the royal family have watched it. Well, I think when it comes to the Prince and Princess of Wales, 8am, they're going to be getting their kids ready for school. But I imagine at some point they will take a look. All right. Thank you, Keir. Stand by there at Buckingham Palace and we're going to bring in royal correspondent Katie Nichol as well as we continue this conversation. You actually watched a little bit of it. I, I did get to see about 20 minutes of it this morning and it's so interesting how different the palace is. They're sort of stiff upper lip people and then this is sort of like putting everything out there. Katie, what was the biggest takeaway you think from the parts that you've seen so far? Well, I think certainly the interview with Doria Ragland was, you know, a big coup. I mean, Keir, we've wanted to hear from Doria for a long time. Yeah. I think, you know, hearing Archie speak, just being let into their lives, because this is a couple who understandably, particularly in Harry's case, guard their privacy so ferociously. I mean, you, you go back to the Diana narrative, which is clearly going to be a thread that runs throughout the tapestry of this show. But as I said earlier, I think this does throw up real problems in terms of privacy. How can they say we want private lives? And yet they've danced with the devil with Netflix. Their private lives are in everyone's living room this morning. Yeah. yeah. And Kira, as I turn to you, I mean, we only have seen three episodes. You watched them all. Is this expected to yeah. be essentially a six part indictment of the royal family? And how is the palace? I, I understand they're not giving a comment this morning, but what's the strategy behind yeah. the scenes on how to to handle this mm -hmm. onslaught? 
Well, keep calm and carry on, I think, is one of their strategies. Just, you know, get on with business. I suspect you may hear from the Palaces at some point. But, you know, Savannah, what I was really struck by watching these three episodes is there are no headlines, I don't think, about what goes on behind the walls of the, of the Palaces there. Just think about this. Harry knows so much. There are so many stories he could tell. Now, we've heard the stories, as Katie was saying, about his, his family. Uh, we've heard the stories about her family, but so far, and we Keep in mind, there are three more episodes to go. No bombshell about the royals, I don't think. Mm -hmm. You know, Katie, it's interesting. You wonder the why behind why Harry and Meghan would want to do a Netflix documentary. There is what they say, which is like, we just want people to hear our side. And then there's also there's a financial part for them, too. Which do you think it is more of? Well, the cynic in me is going to say dollars because there are a lot of dollars involved in this deal, um, 100 million. So it's not a it's not a small fee. We know that one of the reasons that they left the royal family was so that they could become financially independent. I think many people will be wondering when they have this unique global spotlight to become arguably the most famous and influential philanthropist in the world, why their first major TV project is a Kardashian style behind the walls look into their lives. I think that that sits uneasily with a lot of people. So I think money and yes, wanting to reclaim their narrative. Again, that's problematic in itself. Where are the other voices in this docuseries? This is their story through their lens in their words. And let us not forget we await Harry's book, his mm -hmm. memoir called Spare, which is supposed yeah. to come out in January. Yeah. Kier and Katie, I know it was a, well, you guys weren't up all night. You're yeah. five hours ahead. It was <laughs> yeah. a breakfast TV, as they we say. We had a good time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hope we had coffee and croissants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds lovely. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Coming up next in our Consumer Confidential, the latest in personalized presents. Kristen Dahlgren shows us some gifts that are truly one of a kind. Hey, Kristen. Hey, that's right. The hottest holiday toy, the Kristen Dahlgren action figure. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyone can get their face on one of these. We're talking custom gifts coming up. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Back now with today's Consumer Confidential with holiday shopping season in full swing now. A big emerging trend this year... One-of-a-kind gifts. You know who knows a lot about that? NBC's Kristen mm -hmm. Dahlgren. She's putting Santa to shame. She found some good ones. She's on our plaza. She's got the tree behind her, shining bright, too. Hey, Kristen. That's right. Hey, guys. So we all have that person that's tough to find the perfect gift for, right? What about something totally unique to them? This year, retailers, big and small, are helping you customize the holidays. After two years of holiday shopping with a few impersonal clicks, 
One of the biggest trends this year may be a more personal touch. Searches for custom gifts have more than doubled over the past decade. Top items this year include personalized stockings, recipe books, and monogrammed robes and towels. Or something nobody else has, like your own face on your favorite superhero's body. For me, this is dream fulfillment. And I think that's really what makes this product so special. All it takes is five selfies uploaded to Hasbro's Pulse app to become a Marvel Avenger. I decided to channel my inner superhero. Ready to scan. Scanning my face for a Black Widow action figure. Where did the selfie series come from? Well, we found that our fans wanted to be their favorite characters from their favorite stories. And so we said, we've got to figure out how to do it. But not all personalizations are high tech. At Candle Company Otherland in New York City, shoppers can build gift boxes and even engrave candles. Customers really love that idea of one of a kind. It's not just off a shelf, but something that has been personalized in a really thoughtful way. Wooing customers is especially important for small businesses setting up shop in a post-pandemic economy. To compete for consumer dollars this holiday season, it goes back to the special product offerings, things you can't find other places. Personalization is really a huge one. And some think the trend is here to stay. I think personalization and customization is a key element of the future of this business. I don't think it'll ever be the totality. We're going to do a lot more in this area in the future. If you're looking for a personal touch for your loved ones or even yourself, it's not too late. Check out sites like Etsy or Mark and Graham. Consider something sentimental like photos or artwork. And ask your favorite stores for monogramming options putting the U in Yuletide this holiday shopping season. All right, so unfortunately, it might be a little too late to get those personalized action figures in time for Christmas. They usually take about six weeks, but I was able to rush some for you guys, and you should have them there Me on too. set. What do you think? Oh, yeah, so They're fun. amazing. <laughs> wow. Where's yours, Kristen? We want to see yours. You know what? At least they got the body right. I've been told I look like Ellen DeGeneres in the face <laughs> there, but... <laughs> That's good. You look super cute. I like that we get to wear that, like, leather look, Kristen. And right? we have the same outfit. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you, Kristen. Right, Thank in outer you. space. <laughs> okay, let's get a check of the weather. Dylan is aboard the MSC Seascape in New York Harbor. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I am here in New York Harbor on the Hudson River here. We've got a fun morning ahead with our sponsor, MSC Cruises. But first, I want to give you the forecast across the country because we do have some heavier rain trying to move into, I'd say, the Ohio and Tennessee River Valleys right now. That is going to continue to move eastward and kind of fizzle out as it does so. Record high temperatures still likely down along the Gulf Coast. But on the other side of that, you head a little north and we've got snow in the forecast through parts of the northern plains and the upper Midwest. A couple inches of snow possible and then another system making its way on shore out west, bringing some rain and mountain snow. And that's your latest forecast. Back over to you guys. All right. We Dilly love your Dilly. coat, Dylan. It, you are bright. You are like on fire. She's bringing the sunshine. Thank you. It's my, my tropical winter chic. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Winter love cruising it. chic. Exactly. <laughs> Straight ahead this morning, we've got an important health alert. The new breast cancer study just released, bringing hope to women who are hoping to start a family. We'll be right back with what you need to know. Guys, she's here. Oh. She's here. Christmas came early to Studio yes. One because look who's here. Oh. America's favorite hostess. Oh. Are you ready to host? 
<laughs> the Today Show. This is scary. The biggest party you've ever hosted. <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be a great party. We're back after this. Oh, my Yay. God. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.